I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history. Not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's time now for Ask Me Anything, the car theft edition. Ask Me Anything! We're all waking up to the reality of the devastating impact auto theft is having on Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Police officer came to the house and informed us that we were one of six DRVs that were taken within the last two days. The biggest profit is really to export them outside of the country. So we have a real problem. Well, get this. A car is stolen every six minutes in Canada. That's one of the statistics highlighted in a report put out this past Thursday by the Canadian Financing and Leasing Association. It's a problem that's on the rise. In Toronto, for example, the number of stolen vehicles has increased 300% since 2015, but it doesn't stop there. 17 cities in Canada have more vehicle thefts per capita than Toronto, and our AMA guest is Lorraine Sommerfeld. She's a columnist at Post Media and Driving.ca who has written about this rise in car thefts, and she is here to take your questions. You can ask her anything about this topic. Call us at one 888 416-8333. That's one 416 You can also text us your questions and your stories. 226-758-8924. That's 226-758-8924. If you'd like to text us, Lorraine joins us now from Burlington, Ontario. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, how are you doing? I am doing very well. That statistic seems mind-blowing, doesn't it? A car is stolen every six minutes in this country. It has just gone up astronomically, and it's costing all of us so much money, and it's not a victimless crime. And we've got to do more to get a hold on it, and there's problems in every sector. And so just walk us through some of the factors that are at play as to why we're seeing this rise. What used to happen, um, even as recently as five or six years ago, was the top stolen cars were usually older pickup trucks because they were easy to steal. They're easy to use to pull an ATM machine or sorry, an ATM out of a bank. So they were used in the commission of other crimes. What's what we're seeing now is this dramatic rise in new cars, new SUVs, top of the line, $150,000 vehicles because they're being exported. And so the recovery rate used to be about 80% for those, you know, old pickup trucks. Now you're lucky if it's 15%. So there's been a huge flip in who's stealing them, where they're going, what's happening to them. And it's very dramatic. It's costing the country a billion Mm. a year. And that's all of us. Well, so tell us more about that then, Lorraine. What do we know about who, who is stealing these vehicles? Now it's organized crime for the most part. And they're being shipped out almost immediately. They're going to the Port of Montreal. That's why Toronto, Ontario, and Montreal and Quebec are being impacted so much because they're so close to that port. So government regulations have to start tightening up those ports. But 
we've got a lot of money in these pockets, this part of the country, and they're the they'll be on a container ship before you even know it's out of your driveway. And we've got, you, you ran some things ahead of when I came on people, they're going through neighborhoods and taking a whole bunch of them all at once. We're averaging over 50 a day in this area. And there's people that have lost Range Rovers like three times in a row. They've been replaced already. I talked to insurance right. brokers. The, the logistics and sophistication to get away with that though, seem unimaginable. I mean, these are cars we're talking about, not something you can hide in your trench coat. Actually, what we're talking about is computers now, and that's why it's so much easier for them to steal. It's the same way they can hack into your bank or something else. So in the old days, they had to wire a car, which they could do with these ones that didn't have you know many restrictions on them, the older vehicles. Now they just have to override a signal. They can create their own key. They can cut through your onboard diagnostic, not the, I'm sorry, your onboard diagnostic yeah. port mm-hmm. and make their own key fobs. Whatever tech the manufacturers come out with, the hackers are so far ahead of them, it's almost it's becoming almost pointless. It feels helpless. We're joined by Lorraine Sommerfeld, who's a columnist at Post Media and Driving.ca, who's written about the rise in car thefts. She's here to answer your questions over the course of this next half hour. You can call in 1-888-416-8333. That's 1-888-416-8333. And let's head to those phone lines now. We have uh, Douglas Gebhardt on the line from Scarborough. Hi, Douglas. What would you like to ask? Hi, uh, Jason. Hi. My name is uh, Douglas Gebhardt, and I'm in Scarborough. And I just had a, a question for your uh, your panelists there. Um, I'm a, a ham uh, radio or amateur radio uh, operator, and a lot of these um, remotes and these fob keys and so on are, you know, are done via radio waves and frequencies and so forth. So I'm wondering, do you actually think that if somebody tries to compromise fobs and so on, that they may be able to, if you have like three or four people involved, like go away with like uh, multiple cars at the same time and what's being done to, you know, overshadow that so that they, so that the transmissions of the radio uh, over Mm. the radio waves can't be intercepted, similar to what they've had to do with cellular phones and police scanners these days. A great couple of questions there, Douglas. Let's put it to Lorraine. Uh, Lorraine, let's start with the first one. Um, can these thieves using the, this uh, sophisticated technology, can, can multiple cars be stolen at the same time? They can be stolen, like I said, in neighborhoods and in the driveway. Absolutely. All they need is a booster to boost the signal from your key fob that's usually in your house to kind of interact it. They take it and then they can hack through it. The problem is that even that we've been telling people for a couple of years now, get a Faraday pouch, keep your fob in a Faraday pouch, which interrupts the signal. They're so far past that now that it's almost quaint to tell people to do that. We're going back to telling people to put a club on the wheel to make it physically harder to steal your car. And now some of the fobs are coming out and they can go dead. They can go into silent mode, which is good. The manufacturers are trying to do a little bit. They should be doing a lot more. But you can absolutely intercept any of these things. And so we're looking at physical things. We're looking at etchings. We're looking at tracking devices so we can try and find them before they get to the border. A lot of times they'll leave a car in a parking lot for a week to see if it cools off, to see if anyone's looking for it. But it's almost old school now to just interfere with that that radio wave. Well, the second part of Douglas's question, I know you touched on it a moment ago, but what's being done if we know that this is primarily the way that these cars are being stolen, what's being done to prevent it? We're kind of chasing after the thieves, if you want me to be really blunt about it. They're a step ahead. 
and we need more enforcement. The province brought out a $50 million campaign to work, which is good. The feds are getting, they're doing more too. But frankly, manufacturers have a lot more that they could be doing because I don't know about your guests, but I think it's a drag that if I spend a lot of money on a car that I'm supposed to then go and spend a whole bunch more Mm -hmm. to put stuff into it to track it down. That doesn't seem right. Let's head back to the phone lines. We've got Rob Brownridge with us from Vancouver. Hi, Rob. What's your question? Yeah, hi. Well, first of all, I'll tell like a, a kind of amusing uh, good news story about stealing cars, although it is quite dated, so it doesn't line up with what your guest is talking about. But it probably was like uh, 2008 or nine, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, she was driving this really old like 84 Honda Accord that she'd gotten from her dad, and it got stolen. You know, so did a police report and everything. And I think it was we're just driving around our neighborhood on the way home and went down like a side street we don't normally do. Uh, we were, boy, you know, like eight blocks from our home. And lo and behold, we see her car there <laughs> parked on this side street here in Vancouver. <laughs> so we let the police know and she got her car back. And, you know, what they did back then, I don't know if they still do, they would do what the cops said. They steal the car and they quickly drive it a little bit away so that they have time, you know, to look through it. And there was nothing worth stealing in her car, not even in the radio. So it was a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll share that story for mm-hmm. people. So, you know, you never know. You might just stumble upon your car in your neighborhood, unless it's one of these ones they want to put in a container. So question for the guest is the age-old question. Uh, do car alarms do anything? Should they just be outlawed for the nuisance? Question number one. Question number two, uh, you mentioned a club. But what about getting like a going to a place that installs a third party immobilizer, um, which I understand they kind of choose these three different points and they, they can randomize, choose like a different three different points for, for many cars. Would that be any better than, you know, these fobs that uh, you say they can mm-hmm. that, that come from the manufacturer that you say that these can easily uh, kind of scan and defeat? So question about the car alarms yeah. and question about uh, immobilizer. Okay, great stuff. Great questions, Rob. Um, and you're from Vancouver, so I'm wondering if you, like me, have taken a million ferry rides to and from Vancouver Island to the mainland and uh, had the passenger announcement saying, please turn off your car alarms, please turn off your car alarms. They're driving the dogs crazy on the ferries. So let's uh, let's put that question first, Lorraine. Do car alarms actually work? Uh, thieves usually cut the horn. It's one of the first things they do. And that's what your alarm is usually going through. And actually, the second point that your guest, that your caller said, the aftermarket systems, there's one called TAG, T-A-G, and a lot of insurance companies are starting to come on board and they're paying to put them into a list of cars that are most stolen to try and mitigate their losses. And what, what these sensors do is they embed them all over the car and then they go into sleep mode because the thieves, if you just put an Apple AirTag or something in that, that's passe too. That's not going to help you. They find them and strip them out immediately. Whereas this system, it's about $500. You don't have to pay a monthly fee after that. It's kind of reaching out right now to be the biggest deal. Immobilizers have been mandated in Canada since 2008, but they don't really do much anymore. We've seen the Hyundai Kia stuff in the US where some TikTok person was saying, go and steal these. And because it wasn't mandated in the U.S., they could take them more easily, but they could take them anyway. The immobilizers that were mandated were not that great. We're looking at aftermarket things, like Rob said, and the multi-sensors that go into sleep mode and can't be found, and they put seven, eight, nine, ten in these cars, not three. Mm. 
So Lorraine, outside of those uh, direct aspects that you mentioned, um, are, what are some of the preventative steps people can take to make perhaps either their, their car less appealing or less likely to be stolen? Well, I drive a manual transmission um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. if, if your car, and again, we see the top 10 lists and one of the top ones is a Honda CRV. That doesn't mean that it's really, really easy to steal. It means that we sell so many of them. So you have to kind of interpret these statistics a little bit. Um, but we're going old school. If you have a garage, put your car in the garage. Get the hockey nets out and get the garbage cans out. Keep your car in the garage if they can't see it. It's harder for them to take. Again, that old school club that protected my father's Mercury Topaz back in the 70s or 80s, that will slow them down. What you're trying to do is make them go steal somebody else's car. And it sounds really awful to put it that way, but that's what we're doing. It's like a rock in the stream. Try and get them. A, there's wheel locks you can put on. You can put a fake ODB port in there so they think they're programming the one that your technician uses to diagnose a problem they're they're using a fake one you can put cages around things it's a lot of effort and the man that did that AKT report that you were quoting at the top of the show he listed five things he would do if money was no object and these were all the things he said it's at the point where if, if you insist on driving a hundred like a Range Rover or you know the super expensive SUVs they're being used for crime around the world. They're ter- they're used used for terrorism. They're using for bombs and trafficking. It's not a victimless crime. Mm. It's not just losing your vehicle. They're being exported very quickly and used in the commission of some very very terrible crimes. It's a very big deal. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's head back to the phone lines now. We have Holly Broadhagen on the line with us from North Bay. Hi, Holly. Do you have a, a story you want to share with us? It's sort of an amusing story, very much like your similar the uh, previous caller. Just uh, my husband had gone out to play cards. He took our our farm truck with him, um, and he fumbled somehow and accidentally left our keys in the truck, um, and actually did leave the truck unlocked. Uh, pure fluke, um, because we were having car theft in North Bay and continued to get worse. So he was usually very diligent, but this night he wasn't. So, you know, two o'clock in the morning, he goes out to drive home. We're 30 minutes away from town and he discovers my truck gone. (laughs) So he, you know, he finds a cab and he gets himself home and gets himself to work the next day and made the police report. But I just put it out on Facebook that our truck got stolen and we didn't so much care about the truck because we knew we could deal with that, Mm -hmm. but it was actually a stuffed duck. That was my daughter's favorite toy that Mm. was in the truck that we wanted back. So we were like, you know, just if you could find a way to get us our stuffed duck, you can keep the truck, just give us our stuffed duck. Um, duck. And it just so happened a friend of mine who was uh, an off-duty police officer found my truck. Oh, wow. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, he took his dog to grooming, and he saw my truck. Amazing. And I think Lorraine's asking there, we're all eager to know, was the duck duck okay? (laughs) 
The duck was great. The keys were still in the truck. The duck was great. They took the lock nut for the wheels, um, and they took uh, like a phone charger. That was it. Like, wow. It was it was left parked beside an apartment. The local police sat on it for a couple hours while I found a way to get to it, and we just drove it home. And the duck was still exactly where it should have been. The duck so, was all right, Holly. Uh, we needed a good news story like that, so th- thank you for sharing it with us. I appreciate this. Yeah. So I mean, there could be you know people just take joy rides. I don't know, but yeah. you know, I that's why I won't buy a brand new vehicle. I guess. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Holly, thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts. Uh, Lorraine, did you want to add something there? Just that's another thing. Don't leave any valuables in your car. Don't leave your registration. Don't leave your insurance. stuff. Don't leave a wallet. Don't leave a phone chargers. Don't leave anything in your car because there are people that if it's a crime of opportunity, they'll break a window and grab stuff like they they just will do it. And if you lose your car, you don't get one for 72 hours through your insurance. Mm -hmm. There's a gap there. So be careful, but don't leave anything, anything out where they can see it. Well, let's head back to the phone lines now. We have Dr. Paul Herbert on the line from Marmorak, Ontario. Hi, uh, hi there, Paul. What's your uh, what's your question? First of all, happy Father's Day to you. To you as well. Uh, Thank you. I I don't have a question. I have a story. Uh, eight years ago, my Toyota SUV was stolen off a uh, pad in front of where I was renting an apartment, and the police told me that the VIN number, which was visible through the front windshield, was duplicated by a dishonest person at the garage who reproduced keys, and then they just used the keys to open the door and drive the car away. Uh, my question is, are VIN numbers still visible through the front windshield of the car? I should look at my car now and see if it is. Mm-hmm. And can they be used to duplicate keys? Great question. Lorraine? Yes and yes. Um, they are still visible, as far as I know. And duplicating VINs is also a big problem. Last year in Ontario, at some service Ontario kiosks that you go to renew your license. Um, some employees were arrested because they were working on the inside to do this. And the problem with that is we tell you to get a Carfax if you're buying or selling a car. You do that. They'll make the VIN. It'll, it'll be the make, model, and color, and year. So it, it looks like a match. So you have to look into it and see where that vehicle was. If it had an oil change done in Houston or something, so double check. Well, I know you're. I know you're not a manufacturer, but what's the purpose of having a VIN number visible through the front windshield? The VIN number is on most of the major body parts, um, so they could find it anyway if they really wanted to. I'm not sure when that practice started. Probably long before I was born. The thing is, we tell people for the catalytic converters to put that VIN number on the catalytic converters to have it etched in there so we can trace it back when they've been stolen, because that's a whole nother show. Like, that's crazy, too. So the VIN number itself. Sorry, go ahead. So would it be worthwhile putting a little uh, piece of cardboard or a piece of paper over the VIN number when I parked my car? You would have to ask a policeman that. I don't know. Personally, if that would be much of a deterrent, because if they want your car, they're going to get your car. And that's where we're at right now. No, but you made the point that if we make it more difficult for them to steal the car, they may go to your neighbor rather than yours. So if I put a piece of cardboard over the VIN number and he says, well, there's going to be a lot of effort to try and get that VIN number, maybe they'll just leave my car alone and go to somebody else's. That would be good. I think my point is more that if they want the car, they'll worry about the VIN number later. They're not looking at that VIN number when they're stealing it out of your driveway at three in the morning. So would it help with what happened to you with the with the when it was at the mechanic's office, 
I don't know, because they can see it as well. I'm I'm not sure. I think that would have been the first thing that manufacturers would have changed if it was mm. going to make any difference. I, I don't think that it would. All right. Well, Paul, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for calling in and, and asking those questions. We're going to stay in Ontario now. We're heading to Halton Hills, where we have Andrew Murison on the line. Andrew, hi. Uh, do you have a question for us? Oh, hey, how are you? Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, just a quick question. I think it's been answered somewhat earlier in the with a previous caller, but uh, just a quick story was uh, my wife went uh, was shopping at Costco, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning, um, and parked the car. I think she had sat in there for a second maybe to answer a text or two, uh, but went in, did her shopping, uh, and came out, and <laughs> I think she thought she was losing her mind for a little bit. And wandered around the parking lot, and after you know numerous attempts, realized that the car was stolen. Mm. Uh, so I guess my direct question is, uh, you know, in instances like that, when you're in public, um, you know, in parking lots like that, any way to you know protect uh, you know your car? And it was, I believe, it was probably through a fob because that's what she had. So any any tips or advice? And then just a quick call out to my wife. I know she's driving down to the Sharon concert. Uh, you might want to listen to this so you uh, the car doesn't get stolen again. All right, Andrew, thank you for that uh, for that uh, story and the question as well, Lorraine. The best advice I can give you in a parking lot is you know when you walk away and you go, oh, did I lock it or not? And you goose it from a distance. They can intercept that. They're waiting sometimes, depending on what vehicle you want. If they want it, they'll wait till you're walking away, and as you make that little bit of distance between your car, so lock your car right when you're standing beside it. And the other thing they're doing sometimes is putting an Apple AirTag in it, then going to your house that night and taking it. They're marking them in expensive malls and places. So if they've tagged your car, and there's no way of knowing because those AirTags show up on phones all the time. It's really difficult to know who put them there. But that's another thing that thieves are doing. And it's... Yeah. Well, a big takeaway, of course, is how, just how bold these thieves are these days. And, you know, that's something we know from news stories that we've been following over the last few years as well. There was the high profile one. I was actually living not far away when I was in Toronto from that uh, uh, theater parking lot where Mitch Marner of the uh, Maple Leafs had his vehicle carjacked. I think it was at nighttime, but still kind of uh, just happening to, you know, a high profile Canadian uh, really, really putting in perspective just how bold, I guess, Lorraine, um, these these thieves can be. I think it's terrifying. And he did the, I mean, he's a big dude and he did the exact right thing and let them. And that's the thing. Don't, do not try and save your car. Like don't, don't put yourself in danger that way. And yes, they're bold because this is a huge, huge moneymaker. This, there is so much behind this that little old you isn't going to stop them if they want your car. It's just a car. So step back. But I'm, I'm glad to see more muscle coming into law enforcement. I'm glad to see the borders, you know, being addressed as they should be. But this is an international problem. It's Interpol, it's the RCMP, all the international police agencies are finally working together. There's in Nigeria and Sierra Leone, Russia, it's a trophy if you have a, a car with an Ontario license plate on it. That's a trophy car. They think they're cool. Mm. All right. Well, let's stay in Ontario then. We're going to head back to the phone lines. We've got Madhi Shisavan uh, on the line um, from Newmarket, Ontario. Hi, Madhi. Why did you want to call? Hi. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my uh, my question or kind of comment is uh, this story has two sides. One side is for the car owners or car manufacturers to make it difficult for the thieves to take the, the, the car. And the other side is... Um, 
for the authorities to make it difficult for the thieves to use the car or uh, export the car outside Canada. Uh, the first side are doing their best uh, uh, to uh, uh, kind of uh, prevent this. But uh, my question is, what actions uh, are authorities, uh, authorities in the ports are doing or taking uh, to make it difficult for the thieves to export cars? Mavi, thank you for that question. I know, Lorraine, you touched on that a moment ago, but maybe you can give us uh, maybe some of the more specifics behind what governments and authorities are doing here. Thank you. At the the federal level, they're not going to tell me anything, um, but I know they've they've put the inspections up. Like they know they have to inspect more and have more guards at the docks and go through more of the containers that are leaving. As these cars are being left to cool off, um, a lot of people will have these tracking systems and they're calling the police. The police are very much amping up how much they're going to go after them. So they are that 50 million from the provincial government is definitely going to law enforcement to help track this down. And so as we get more sophisticated, yes, the thieves keep staying a step ahead. But because it's such a huge international problem and we are such a source country for vehicles, Everyone is finally working in conjunction with Canada to shut down Canada as being a source for these vehicles, which are being used in terrible, terrible ways. So it's being recognized around the world, finally. And how confident are you in some of the global efforts then that, that might, we might see put forward? It's it's better than not doing it, but it has to be a concerted, ongoing effort. We have to shut this down. We have to shut the supply off. We have to shut down the vehicle's leaving and we have to go after them in other countries. And the gentleman at Akite has told me the other countries now, they're looking on the Instagram accounts as well of these used car lots and they're going in when they see plates that they know are stolen. So we're finally, it's starting, the movement is right. It's going the right way because a lot of these places, you can go on Instagram and see Ontario plates in a used car lot on the other side of the world. It's mm. mind blowing. Well, we just got this uh, question in from a uh, listener, um, uh, who, Anastasia from Waterdown, Ontario, who wrote to us to say um, she has a 1966 original Mustang. What's the best way to protect something like that, Lorraine? A garage, a garage, a garage. Keep it in your garage. That's, Gar- <laughs> yeah. Garage are the way to go. And if you don't have a garage? Rent one. Um, <laughs> seriously, that's a beautiful car and it's not going to have... I mean, I would put a tag system in it, that TAG system. It's about $500. That will kit it out with sensors. Right now, that's about the best we've got. But if you have a garage, please keep it garaged. But look into it's look into that system. It's probably the best one out there on the market right now because some of them won't work with a key, and that has a key. So great car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you who doesn't have a great car, but who's grateful, uh, who's never been more grateful that I drive a, a manual and an old car. Uh, feeling very grateful for that fact right now. Lorraine, um, it's been really great to have you on the program. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your advice. We really appreciate this. Thanks so much. Have a great Sunday. That is Lorraine Sommerfeld, who's a columnist with Post Media and Driving.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.